So today on COVID Conversations, we have Noah Hansen with us. Uh, he's a member of Community Bicyclist and one of their lead mechanics. Noah, thank you for coming on today. No problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, and if you didn't catch Noah's earlier podcast, uh, Noah is a man with many hats, and he's also one of the main uh, players and part of the leadership at uh, Pediatrics Plus, and he talks specifically about uh, developmental preschools and about therapy in some of our children. And so if you get a chance to, please go back and listen to that previous podcast. I highly recommend it. Uh, but Noah, today we're going to talk mainly about uh, fun activities during the pandemic. While, while the pandemic was you know, stressful, we as a people and as a community decided, you know, lock, lockdowns be damned. Let's get outside and let's exercise. Yeah, it was, it's been a, it's, it was a crazy experience at, uh, at a, at a bike shop at the, at the community bicyclists where, um, I, I started working when I was in, uh, college and I've, I've worked there as a mechanic for, uh, 13 years now. And, you know, we always see an uptick as spring approaches just of interest and, and people getting out, but this there was kind of a confluence of events I think that took place that uh, particularly in, in Arkansas where there's, uh, you know, we have warmer weather. What happened was we had, you know, as the, the different restrictions and, and lockdown procedures began to take place, it coincided with warmer weather. Um, and uh, I think people began to worry about the idea of being kind of stuck in their home and so outdoor activities became an option. And so those moments just sort of coincided. Uh, gyms were closing or being heavily restricted. And we just saw this huge explosion of interest in, in cycling. Um, and, and honestly, another aspect uh, in Arkansas was that we've seen recently um, and even throughout the pandemic, an increase in infrastructure and, and money being uh, dedicated to cycling infrastructure. So uh, it just led to a kind of a, a massive boom in, in the cycling industry. So for people who aren't familiar with Community Cyclists, tell us a little bit more about your shop where you work at. Yeah, we're kind of a, we're a small shop. Uh, we, uh, we love, we love bikes and that's why we do what we do. Um, we are located at the on Cantrell in Mississippi in the Tanglewood shopping center at the back. And, um, like I said, we're small and we usually, you know, compared to some of the larger shops in central Arkansas, we, we have a pretty dedicated customer base and, and we, we typically don't get too overwhelmed with, uh, demand, uh, whether that be repairs and service or, um, purchasing different, uh, accessories or bicycles. Uh, but, but starting in March of, of 2020, things, things were progressing at a pace that was difficult to keep up with. And so how did you first get involved in the cycling industry? So, uh, I'll try to make this as short <laughs> as possible. I, I, I've, I've always been, I've always been a runner and I've, I've loved fitness. Um, and a professor of mine when I was in college uh, rode, and it interested me. Um, but but honestly, there was a book called The Flying Scotsman, which is about a, 
a gentleman named Graham O'Bree who uh, took an unconventional approach to cycling and, and competition. And it, it really interested me, uh, which led to a little bit of a wager with my, my professor about uh, there's a particular kind of bike that uh, Graham O'Bree rode, which is a fixed gear bike. So it's a single speed that you can't coast, which is typically used in track cycling. And um, I, as a young, um, you know, uh, slightly uh, sure of himself uh, young man, I thought, well, I can, I can ride that. And so uh, he was participating in a, a charity ride that was going to be a hundred kilometers long. And I told him, I, I, I bet I can, I can ride a fixed gear bike a hundred kilometers. Oh my gosh. And so that was really, <laughs> yeah. So that was the, that was sort of the genesis of that. And, and I wanted to sort of build my own bike. So I had a whole, an old bike frame and I, I, I like tinkering with things. And that's what led to me having a, a job is I kept breaking things and, and going into the shop and buying tools and, and supplies and, and parts. And one day, uh, the, the owner just, just asked me, he said, Hey, um, you're in here a lot. Why don't you, why don't you work here? And so that was about 13 years ago. By the way, how'd you do on the hundred kilometer ride on the fixed gear? I made it. I, I made it. That's what I'll say. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, the naivety of, of my approach was I was in gym shorts and, and Chuck Taylors. And, uh, I thought, Oh, this won't be too bad, but, uh, it was, uh, I will say that the, the, uh, the first purchase upon leaving the, the little parking area was I drove straight to the shop and bought bike shorts. The, the chafing was real that day. So, uh, that was my first, my first lesson. So I guess, you know, during the pandemic, uh, you know, recreation has changed. Like you, like you discussed, like gyms closed, people were trying to find different avenues. What was the number one thing you saw working at the shop for, I guess, new people purchasing bikes or was it old people coming back into the sport or kind of what, what'd you see most? I think that initially it was uh, bike purchasing. I mean, it, it was, I, I bet we, you know, we had already gotten our preseason, um, you know, we had kind of our bike set for the, for the year, which is kind of how the cycling industry works is that there's a, you typically with the suppliers that you work with the different bike brands, you do a preseason order, you get those bikes in, in the, hopefully the fall winter, but then you don't pay for them until the spring summer. So you have some dating on that so that you can sell them and, and pay your bills and we sold what was a, what was thought we, we thought was going to be sort of our our or nearly our year supply. Again, you can always reorder bikes, but you know to to make the whole industry work, they sort of anticipate supply in that way. We sold all the bikes we had in you know eight weeks, um, wow. and so we we came into the summer with it being very difficult to find, uh, any bikes. And so we, we sort of saw a huge influx in, in bike purchasing. And then what we saw is on the back end of that, when it was more difficult to find bicycles, we saw an influx in repairs. 
uh, people finding whatever they could find and and bringing it into the shop to kind of get it up to snuff so that they could they could participate in the sport. And I guess you know talking about the supply chains, how did the how did the pandemic affect those with such a massive surge of bike purchases and bike parts? Well, I think, and and let me say on the outset of this is that I'm I'm some you know dirty mechanic at the back of a shop, so my my complete understanding of supply chain issues, you know, I don't want to speak too authoritatively, but I, I will say from my own understanding of what what occurred is that initially the the issue had to do with different COVID precautions, right? So everything was challenging from a shipping, um, you know, uh, perspective, both locally and internationally. Uh, the, the reality of the bike industry, as many industries, is that most of the the product is coming from either mainland China or Taiwan. Um, typically, the the more expensive bicycles come from Taiwan, and less expensive bicycles come from mainland China. Although there are still quality bikes that come from mainland China as well. And so, what happened initially is that that just that that shipping was a challenge. But behind that, what became the challenge were continued lockdowns and uh, issues that prevented um, the, the, the factories in those locations from operating at a full capacity, which then creates just issues from, you know, the commerce is, is never meant to stop. And so you have this constant churn. And then when you push the pause button, you get that accordion effect behind it to where what happened with us is that bikes were the first thing to disappear because those factories, uh, both from a, a prot like a raw material perspective as well as ordering perspective were not necessarily set up to to do another run of of bicycles and 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 doubly so with the different issues involved with covid and so that that created the first issue but then we bought up all of the the products so all of your staples of cassettes and pedals and saddles and um, you know, different gear material, everything was gone. Uh, and then there was kind of that waiting game because the manufacturing was not catching up to what was being purchased. The other thing that I, I have heard, and again, I don't want to speak too authoritatively about this, but what I've heard, um, was a problem were actual shipping containers. So with an increase of, purchasing products and, and then different manufacturers or uh, companies trying to recover from that uh, pause that had happened in manufacturing shipping containers. uh, The way that that functions to my understanding is that you, you sort of purchase the right to utilize a shipping container to get it from uh, that area over to the United States. Well, companies like Amazon and Walmart, which had incredible buying power, were delaying shipments of, you know, bikes that we we knew were created. They were manufactured, but not yet shipped. 
because they would just outbid everyone. So there's an open container that, hey, this container is about to come over and Amazon and Walmart would bid, outbid everyone else because of the, the value of just getting product to the United States. And so that created a delay as well. And, and to some extent, I don't know how much it's affecting it at this point, but uh, for a, a, an extended period of time, that was a challenge. Wow, interesting. What uh, challenges locally did, did communities cyclists face here in Arkansas? I think that the, you know, it, it it's that fear of the pandemic. So the the retail is, um, is hard because people come in the shop and, you know, you're to some extent having to interact with these customers and and the nature of what we do. It's it's it was hard for us. You know, we tried to be as accommodating as possible to customers if you know, they could call and we would go pick their bike up off the back of their car and they could talk to us on the phone about the various needs that they had, or we could describe products to them over the phone and um, try to create a a contactless exchange. Um, But also business is driven by, you know, retail business is driven by foot traffic. And with foot traffic, um, it's a stressful situation because you are balancing um, being conscientious and cautious about the different things you need someone to do, like wear a mask. Um, but then it's, it is hard and uncomfortable to get an unconfrontation with someone that's not complying with what you've, you've sort of put out there as a safety precaution, whether that's, um, you know, distance, right? There, there are few reasons why we needed to be closer than six feet with a customer. And certainly we needed to have face coverings on. And uh, sometimes people were less than compliant with that. And that, that created just stress. Um, so day-to-day operations, I would say that was one of the things that was, that has been hardest. So I've got a new bike. Now what do we do? You know, a lot of, I think new riders, during the pandemic, you know, had never been on bicycles before, never been out on the road, never had to take care of maintenance. What do you, what tips do you have for those new riders out there? I think the biggest thing is to ride. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I, I can not, maybe not a concern, but I, I have a prediction that the used bike market is going to be just outrageous in the, in the next couple months. Uh, because I think a lot of, you know, people have the idea that they want to go ride a bike, but then the reality is maybe they don't do it as much as they want. So the first recommendation I would have is that cycling is amazing. It's, it's, you know, it, it is a, a great experience to ride a bike. So go ride and then pay attention to noises and um, ask questions. You know, we always, we want to be a resource uh, as a shop to anyone because, we love cycling and we want other people to love cycling. So don't, don't ever feel silly asking a question. If something doesn't seem right or you don't understand something about your bicycle, give us a call, email us, uh, stop by the shop. Uh, and we can try to explain one of the things that sort of the saddest thing that I, I see happen sometimes is someone feels embarrassed, uh, about asking a question or they're confused about an aspect of 
cycling? How do I wear this? Or how do I change gears? Or uh, why does my, you know, my pedal make that noise? And they don't ask. Um, but by and large, I hope this is true. I can certainly vouch for the community bicyclist is we're going to be able to, to give you an answer and, and, and not make you feel silly for asking it because you won't know if you don't ask. Uh, so Noah, tell us more about different uh, cycling opportunities now here in Arkansas. So for these people, for these people who just recently purchased a bike, whether it be a road bike or a mountain bike. Certainly I, there are, you know, we're super blessed in Arkansas to have so many different opportunities to ride. Uh, talking about the road just for a second, I know a lot of people are intimidated to ride on roads that are, you know, used by cars. Um, but I will say from my own personal experience, uh, we generally in Arkansas, uh, this vehicles are, are fairly courteous. And as long as you focus on riding in areas that are maybe less trafficked than others, it's a great experience. And any local bike shop will be able to describe to you different routes to ride and um, different uh, precautions to take. Uh, there's also uh, several publications that you can pick up at any local bike shop for free that describe all kinds of different routes to ride on the road throughout the state of Arkansas. Uh, the the part that maybe I'm more excited about is our off-road opportunities in Arkansas have just grown tenfold in the last five years. So the mountain bike trails that we have in the state are incredible. Uh, the state partnering with various foundations have been able to build just phenomenal trail riding situations at Pinnacle Mountain and near Pinnacle Mountain, uh, there's new trails that are extensive and beautiful. Northwest Arkansas has several new trail systems that are amazing. Central, like in the Hot Springs area, there's a couple new trails that are great. And they're building new trails every day. There's a new one right off of uh, River Mountain Road that is uh, they're beginning work on that is just awesome. And I really am excited about... You know, Arkansas, uh, this seems silly to say, but it, it, it's true that it has become kind of a mecca for off-road riding, uh, which is awesome for the state. And it, I, the, the beauty that we have in the state is incredible. And the other great thing is, especially considering a pandemic, is that it is one of the safer activities that you can engage in. Uh, even with uh, some of the new trails that are being heavily used, I can ride for two or three hours without really encountering another person. And so it takes a little bit of that anxiety away as well as that you can be out in the open air, in the, in nature, in the wilderness, and have a great time without that that fear of, of the possibility of uh, having to navigate interactions with, with other people. So I guess in closing, ride your bike, ride your bike, ride your bike, and get ready for absolutely, when, and get ready for when the pandemic's over. So you can go on that first group ride, or go on that first gravel race, or that first mountain bike, you know, downhill, uh, to test your metal and see see where you are if you've been training all pandemic long. Absolutely. Uh, any recommendations on uh, people that might have get to the point where they have to do indoor training or uh, like I know some areas or countries have been locked down to where they've had to do uh, 
indoor training like on Zwift or with uh, other training platforms? Absolutely. The, the, you know, one of the wonderful things about technology is that with, uh, you mentioned Zwift is a platform that can be accessed through various different, uh, what are called smart trainers, uh, that can be purchased online or purchased through your local bike uh, shop. And what's, what's great about indoor cycling right now is that it, it has become, it used to be sort of the pain cave, just monotonous, boring, uh, just, trudging along but now you can actually virtually race people uh which is really cool through zwift is the main platform that's used and it really takes a lot of the drudgery out of the activity and becomes interactive and fun uh and the the various platforms that integrate into that are the various trainers and brands that you can use uh are are pretty diverse and so uh, it's a great option uh, for either, uh, you know, a situation if you're in a location that there are heavier restrictions or if you yourself feel more comfortable uh, with that. It's a great option to stay fit and stay active and, and kind of keep your cycling chops up while progressing through the pandemic. And for somebody maybe who's sitting out there listening to this podcast today and um thinking like, how do I get into this, this sport or this activity? What are your recommendations? Uh, well, obviously one of my recommendations would be just to call your local bike shop. So, uh, you know, and ask, you know, if you want to, if you have a bike laying around, uh, you know, look at it, assess it, maybe bring it into the bike shop and see if it's, if it's a viable option to kind of get back running. Um, if not, ask some questions at your local bike shop about purchasing a new bike. Uh, there are, we're coming to a point where supply of bikes is a little more steady. So those are, those are options. And, um, you know, I think communicating, we're, we're again at the community bicyclists, we try very hard to, to make sure that no one feels on the outside of that group. Uh, bikes are for everybody and they're, uh, they're an amazing opportunity to get fit in a fun way. And, and, and later on, hopefully after the pandemic is really connect with people as well. So just contact your local bike shop and, uh, ask some questions. On that note, Noah, thank you again for coming on to, uh, COVID conversations. We really appreciate all that you're doing for our local community, both in your primary job at pediatrics plus, as well as keeping us all running at community bicyclist. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you're looking to buy a bike or get back into cycling, just wander on down to Community Bicyclist and they'll be happy to help you. The content of this production has been developed based on UAMS's current needs and experiences. UAMS is an entity of the state which may have different requirements under federal and state law than your hospital, doctors, or other practitioners. This information is not intended to replace speaking with your healthcare provider or a substitute for their clinical judgment. The relevance or applicability of this information can and will change as the pandemic continues, and please reach out to our teams with any questions or clarifications that are needed.